0: Jamie and, Jamie and Travis, Jamie and Travis, Jamie and Travis present! Alright, I am digging into this cupcake. Jamie, what are you eating? I am eating a Filbert cupcake. It is chocolate chocolate hazelnut icing. Uh, Alright, here we go.
1: Whoa. First of all, I love watching you eat. It's kind of one of my things. <laughs> watching you eat.
2: That is disgusting. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, it's
0: disgusting I don't want to watch it. it has icing inside of it, too.
1: Uh, a little surprise inside. Um, oh, and you know what?
0: There's something, it's so hot out right now, and there's something that's sort
1: of, um, like, S- cool. Still refreshing. And, yeah, it's very refreshing. It, from the, like, just looking at it... You want it. It literally looks... You want to like... lick it off my face. <laughs> yes, yes, and, and chances are I will. You are um, the messiest dessert eater of, of this house.
0: I am. That's okay. Uh, but when it's this good man. It's so
1: delicious. I like um. I can't I can't I can't even express how good that icing looks. It looks like it's 32 degrees. It's so good. It is. <laughs> it's so, so good.
2: Uh, and what's the icing?
0: So this is I think this is hazelnut icing and this is oh. from this is from uh, I think you could say Missoula's coolest new bakery. Coolest new bakery. Um, uh called Poppy. Poppy? Um, Our friend Jenny Lynn is the owner, Baker.
1: And you can refer back to an episode if you want to hear about her. Jenny Yep,
0: she's awesome. Um, But she's launched, which is really cool. Because the last time we talked to her, she was sort of in the planning phase and was feeling very stressed out. Mm -hmm. And uh, she brought over this box of goodies because she is operating now. Um, we got in this apple turnovers, we have custom decorated finger cookies, which are unicorns, which you have tried to call for Bridget, which I think is something we can talk about later. Um, (laughs) there are also these chocolate chip cookies with potato chips cooked, baked into them. Those are insane. They're all gone.
1: They're not only baked into them, there's one on the top. Oh yeah, so you're getting the flavor. Getting oh yeah, they're the inside crunch.
0: of the cookie, and then there's one on, there's top. on top, and and salt and uh, sweet is maybe the best sweet. thing.
1: It's so good. That's why Chinese food is good. That's why. That's that, why. That there's no cheese. Um, how is that? Look at that. This is so well, look good. at you.
0: <laughs> Can people hear this? <laughs> this
1: is this cupcake it's the is greatest. There's only one more. It's the greatest cupcake in the world.
0: Okay. Um, we also got. Um, I don't know if this is their signature cupcake, but they're called poppy cupcakes. They have, Oh, it's because there's poppy seeds in them. Yeah, oh, poppy.
2: I'm a freaking idiot.
0: Uh, they are beautiful. Try yeah, one of those. They're really good. Oh, okay. Come on, do it. Do it. Uh, these on. are the
1: blueberry ones, right? Watching
0: hairy dudes eat cupcakes, is pretty gross.
1: Holy shit.
0: What's in that one? Oh, there's blueberries on top.
1: Oh, that one has filling in it, too. These cupcakes have filling in them. Okay. Okay, here's the This ju- is the greatest cupcake. This is the greatest poppy cupcake ever. It's the same thing. There's, it's it's ooh super refreshing.
0: It's very refreshing. I wouldn't normally think on a hot day like this. I'm pretty miserable today in terms of my temp- body temperature. I hear you. Um, and I wore a black shirt for
1: some reason. Holy cow!
0: I uh, know, I know. It's really it's really kind of nailing it. I think oh, we're gonna yeah. regret it later. But um, but Jenny and Poppy Bakery uh, are at Clark, Clark Fork Markets on Saturdays.
1: Saturdays.
0: Here's what I'm hearing through the grapevine because there's some buzz about this. She's selling out pretty quick.
1: Get there early.
0: So you got to get there early if you want to get stuff uh, from Jenny on Saturday morning at the Clark Fork Market. She's kind of between Ninja Mike's and uh, the kombucha guy. Yeah. Heath, the kombucha guy. Um, You can find her there. Get there early if you want to get stuff from there. Here's what I recommend doing.
1: Here's what you should do.
0: Here's what you should do. Well, I wouldn't recommend it unless you should do it. (laughs) Naturally. Um, you get a hold of Jenny at the poppy bakery at gmail.com poppy with two P's and a Y. Those are the last three letters in poppy, uh, the poppy bakery at gmail.com. Uh, you can, uh, request things like these delicious cupcakes we're having, mm-hmm. uh, birthday cakes, mm-hmm. bachelorette party bachelorette cakes, parties. Uh, treats for First Friday events, which I think is a very killer thing. Often at First Friday events, they kind of rip out the, like, uh, you know, Costco. Crackers and cheese. Yeah, and Pretzels. that's fine when you've had a few glasses of wine. <laughs> um, but it doesn't make your event sing, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and God knows that singer-songwriter in the corner is not making your event sing. <laughs> <laughs> That was so unnecessary.
2: It
0: <laughs> amazing. Um, but she's doing wedding cakes, bridal showers, baby showers, uh, cocktail parties. Um, you can go to poppybakery.com for menus and pricing. Uh, and like I said, get a hold of Jenny at thepoppybakery at gmail.com uh, to place an order and find out more about her business. I really recommend it. Um, her stuff is no joke good. I think so I said this good. on the podcast before, but we got one of her cakes for uh, Christmas dinner, and it was just insane. It was like truly a treat uh, to have that cake. Um, and I think that this will make any event in your life uh, better.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Poppy Bakery.
0: PoppyBakery.com. ThePoppyBakery.com. bakery thepoppybakery at gmail.com. Get a hold of Jenny. Order some goodness.
1: Put that whole thing in Oh my
2: god. <laughs> oh my god. I need some water. Jamie and Travis. Jamie and Travis. Jamie and Travis. Present. Are
0: oh, you are ready now? This could be, he's getting calls.
1: <laughs> From a number Oh, it number sounds one. so good.
3: Hello. Doug. What's going on? Yes, we did it. Yay. We did it.
0: All of our equipment works. Can you hear us clearly?
3: I did just get a few, like, really brief missed calls yeah. from you guys, I think.
0: Yeah, because I, I that. Travis was like, call him. And then he's like, oh, wait, no, don't call him.
3: <laughs> but that happened. That exact process happened like three times. I think.
0: Yes, it did. That's exactly right. It's good. You seem lucid. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I am
3: totally lucid, guys. I'm Worth ready it. to go. Awesome. Okay,
0: Doug. So I want everyone to know. This is Doug Williams. Everybody who's listening. Hello, Doug. Um, Doug. This hello. is hello. This is Travis. Hi, Travis. Travis. Jamie. And how I'm, are you guys doing? We're doing awesome. We're doing awesome. And We're very grateful that you uh, made the time to talk to us today.
3: Oh come on! I'm so happy to do it.
0: What are you doing right now?
3: Um. so I'm doing exactly what Allison was doing when you had her on I'm sitting on my bed fuck you um, if you
0: say you fucking I, curly fries
3: I, no no curly fries no grilled cheese okay. um, I'm sitting on my bed I have work later tonight so I've just kind of been hanging, up, hanging out catching up on things and uh, after I'm done with you guys I'll shower put a suit on sweat my ass off and go to work
0: Oh, there's an interest well, okay, first of all, so to give everyone a little context, this is Doug Williams, who is the little bro of Allison Williams, who, uh, if you listen to the Allison podcast, Doug also is a dear family friend and, and regular friend uh, of mine. Yeah. Uh, and we go way, way – we go as far back as it's possible to go, basically. Um, yes, very pre, true. Pre-memory. Actually, for yeah, me, as as which is a weird thing. But yeah,
3: before memory, I just I just uh, listened to her on your show in its entirety man isn't she just lovely
0: she is a lovely she True. is lovely she's really
3: really she's, lovely she's just she's lovely she she, she handles herself so well uh, on the, montana podcasts
0: she does and that's a <laughs> and it's a rough and tumble world out here as you i'm sure you you know
3: it is i do about two or three montana based <laughs> podcasts a week and <laughs> you know just to for her to perform that well in, i know in that scenario, it was really impressive.
0: Well, she, we tried to back her into corners, and she just she just squirreled her way right out <laughs> of them. Man, it was crazy! It was crazy. So, um, so Doug, yeah, it's so great to talk to you. So, you are now working uh, as a sportscaster. Uh, is, I am. Is that the correct thing to say? Sportscaster. Yeah.
3: So, my title is kind of confusing. So, I'm an anchor and reporter, technically, but my my business card this is actually kind of funny. So, my business card says on air talent. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. And what I find so interesting about that is like that to people outside the business, I'm not sure that they know that is like a noun. I think they think of that as like an adjective, like you have a lot of talent.
0: That's so true. But like
3: for people who have my job, it's referred to in our studio as like, do we have the talent? Is talent ready to go? That kind of stuff. And the fact that it's on my business card, I didn't love. So I, you know, I talked to some people about it and they said, well, a lot of people are on the air at SNY and they all which is why I, where I work by the way but a lot of people are on the air but they don't always do the same thing so it's a way for us to categorize you all in the same boat so that's that's technically my. My role is on-air talent.
0: Was it why? Is it, are they just very lazy in the business card department in SNY? It seems like it seems like saying reporter would be pretty specific. Well,
3: I will. <laughs> I you gotta give I gotta give them credit because we just moved offices, so they had to get literally everybody new business cards, every single oh. employee in the place. So you know, if they're doing a whole complete business card overhaul, yeah. I don't blame them. At and all.
0: it's nice that they get you business cards.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And I give out about six per year. So at that rate, I'm going to have, I'm going to have these business cards for the rest of my life.
0: I like to use receipts as my business cards. I find that after they've been in my pocket for three or four weeks that they fold up very nicely and can fit into anyone's wallet. Uh, they're a little sweaty they're a little they, sweaty they're faded so you can't see what i bought before yep um, yep uh so okay so what's happening tonight you're so you're you're now with your you're sort of the the guy for the mets is that correct
3: yeah so for the most part i do the mets pre-game show and postgame show on weekends and then during the week i do the kind of generic it's called geico sports night it's like a new york version of sports center that comes on after the mets postgame show so i'll go on the air tonight at probably like uh eleven fifteen, eleven thirty PM Eastern.
0: Are you are you call well you you are in a general sense, but do you work with Mike
3: Francesca? It's so it's so funny that you just called him Francesca. What's his name? Just Francesca.
0: Uh debatable. Are you talking about
3: Mike <laughs> Francesca? I'm talking about Mike, Mike and the
0: Mad Dog guy.
3: Um, yes. So that's Mike Francesa. But I was just with someone two weeks ago who was calling him Francesca, too. And I'm like, is there some like deep like uh, underground Italian pronunciation that like that I don't know about? But he calls himself Mike Francesa. And he so does. The rest of New York. I
0: yes. would I would so mansplain to someone how his name is actually Francesca, <laughs> not not Francesa.
3: You might have to mansplain it all the way
0: up to him. Oh, uh, that doesn't seem like it would go well.
2: Yeah, I don't think it would, but that's the point that I'm making.
0: Do you like that everyone in Montana is like, what the fuck are they talking about right now? Oh, there's, they have no clue. Yeah,
2: no,
1: there's, there's or, five of our seven listeners will understand what we're talking about. about yeah, Mike it,
0: Francesa. Uh So one guy. Is he a, is he on your same network, Doug?
3: No, so he's just on uh, WFAN. So he's doing radio. I can't remember... If he has a simulcast right now. He used to have a simulcast on yes, so if you wanted to watch him on could. TV, you could. But for now, he's he's uh he's afternoon drive, so a ton of New York listeners and people calling in. It's a oh, very like New York centric thing.
0: Yeah, oh totally. I mean that's like I remember even Mike wasn't Mike and Mike originally,
3: were they on WFAN originally? I don't think so. I think they've they're always been ESPN the and they're yeah, they're actually breaking up pretty soon. I heard
0: that maybe there's bad blood
3: between Mike and Mike. That is the rumor. I know nothing about that. I've never met either of them.
0: Um, Doug, just wink if we're getting into territory you can't talk about, because I imagine I have some <laughs> questions that you won't want to answer. Um, I'm
3: just going to give you—I'll give you a no comment if we ever stray into. That
0: would make me feel very that I'm Very professional, with. actually. If you said yeah, exactly. Comment. That's really nice of you. Thank you. Uh, okay, so tonight, so give us give us the walkthrough I'm fascinated <laughs> by your life uh, and what this job is like. Um, give us, give us your, your day to day. You sort of said you would put on a suit and, and go to work, but what, what does that mean? What what is work like?
3: So I get in at, for, for the show tonight, I'll get in at like five, five thirty, And then, um, I write a little bit, like I write the show, but I, I only write a little bit at the beginning. Uh, and then I take promos. So basically if you're watching, uh, SNY, you're watching the Mets game in the middle of your commercial break, you'll see me saying, Hey everybody, like coming up later on, got to go sports night. And then I kind of, like, tease a few things that we have coming up. And then uh, hang out, uh, write the show, talk to my producers, um, get makeup, and then eventually I go on the air.
0: Awesome. So you're writing your show. I remember that being such a cool thing about your dad, is that your dad uh, always wrote his own copy. Uh, yeah,
3: I mean, it's honestly – I I don't really think it's an option. At least it's it never was put to me that way. But also – occasionally like a lot of times with our teases in the show like coming up next sometimes the producers will write those because it's kind of their vision the the tease in terms of that's kind of their baby they're putting together the video for that blah 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 so it is harder and i the reason i mentioned the teases because it's it's harder to read your your someone else's writing over your own like by the time that my show arrives there's some things that i wrote like five hours ago but if i wrote it It's in my voice, and the chances of me screwing it up are significantly
0: less. Totally, totally. Or, yeah, totally enunciating the wrong word, putting the wrong emphasis on something.
3: Or, like, (laughs) punctuating. Like, it's like in prompter, it's so key that you use your own kind of like, like I use dashes. Like, it's very specific to the person reading.
0: Sure, sure. Now, do you go into hair and makeup
3: at some point? So, I, I do. Right before the show. Um, like how long before the show? So, well, for promos, I'm made up. So that's that's at like 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. But right before the show, I go in for what's called a touch-up. Final and look, I, last look. Yeah, exactly. I, I tend to not um, need much help. Not to brag With my hair My The hair So true (laughs) So it's called hair and makeup But you know I kind of take care of the hair myself I don't need Somebody else uh, Somebody else styling that uh, For me Where do you get your hair Straightforward I actually get it At a place called Cutler Salon And that's I'm on your podcast today to promote uh, Cutler Salon. You it's, are. Uh, down in Soho. Andy <laughs> is my is my guy. He's fantastic. Um, no, but uh, so I do get a touch up, but I'm like, I I get like a lot of makeup put on my face every day. Really? It, it, yeah. It, it scares people a little bit. Like when people come in and like friends of mine or like if I'll see someone, if I meet someone for like a drink after a show and I didn't have time to take it off or like someone visits at work or whatever the case may be, it is jarring because I have like – You look
0: like Donald Trump.
2: <laughs> you're like orange.
3: No, I, it, it is it is certainly a different look. It's it's I look very different than I do without it, but when you're watching, I guess the goal is that I don't look all that different. What would you, know? you
0: look like if you didn't? Because I assume it's mostly like foundation, right? You're not like getting like eyeliner put on.
3: No, I don't have any eyeliner – uh I, i'm trying to remember what it's called when they spray it i always forget uh, is it bronzer <laughs> no that literally it's like a machine that sprays it on me
0: are you serious
3: yeah Do you get naked no 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 we're not talking like <laughs> full body SI swimsuit body paint
0: but i just am imagining um, <laughs> that this the machine the some of the machine is very accurate it, it doesn't get on your suit
3: it yeah it does not have like a it's a small circumference of spray that goes on in my face it's not just like she's she's not standing like 6 feet away from me and just hoping it goes where it needs to
1: Hosing <laughs> you down <laughs>
0: um oh that's so interesting so so do you feel like that is it what what happens when i'm a big sweater um and i imagine that those lights on your set are are kind of hot right like, we
3: have the temperature in our studios is so cold oh, really? i would say it's yeah, it's probably like 58 degrees in there. So
0: your pores aren't trying to express themselves? In other no, ways. I mean, we have
3: we have some people who go on the air with us who are sweaters. Like, some people just are. And for those people, like the makeup artist will pay more attention and will kind of, like, loiter outside the studio in case it's a problem. And then she'll go and touch them up or give them, uh, like, a tissue or something like that. I just don't happen to be... Uh, in that category, you
0: look very fit, Doug. I We're looking at videos. Are you? Of you.
1: Are you looking at me right well, now? Travis yes. is
0: because because he's late to do research for our podcast, but I no, have already is, done mine. This is
1: when I do the research for oh. the podcast. Well, yeah. What what
3: video, Travis? What video are you watching?
1: I'm actually just looking at the currently looking at the header on your Twitter page, where you are oh, yeah. you are interviewing someone, and I, and I will say someone because I do not know who that's that Mr. Matt. Is.
3: That's that's Terry Collins that I'm interviewing. Oh, nice. Terry the Mets, Collins. the Mets, the Mets manager, and <laughs> and my my Twitter photo is a super blown out version of my head that makes oh, it look wow. Ginormous. Yeah,
0: it's really good. That's beautiful. And
3: the reason that I did it was because I was raising money for Horizons, which I know came up on uh, on Allison's episode. Horizons
0: is going to have to pay for this shit pretty soon, man.
3: Listen, <laughs> all right, they do great work. Um, <laughs> so we uh i i i had a friend who reached out and said if you make this your twitter photo i'll i'll donate 100 bucks and i was like done and it kind of stuck
1: oh that's great that's awesome well it also looks for me it looks like you have your establishing header that shows i'm a professional this is what i do but you have the new york style i don't take anything very seriously or i don't take myself too seriously
3: without making it sound like that's exactly what I'm going for that's exactly what I was going for perfect nicely said
1: I know I, I know you now. I know everything <laughs> I need to know about you from your Twitter header I didn't read any tweets yet <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
3: no I mean the tweet I, I Twitter kind of scares me so I don't you're
0: pretty good anymore. at it though I think you're pretty good at it I don't get who Twitter is for. Still, I still don't
3: really get. Who's so on many Twitter. people are on Twitter. though. I know, Twitter but... is just people getting angry at things that they probably shouldn't be angry about.
0: Yeah, and it seems like in order to—I mean, I, I understand how you can tweet, you know, but in order to uh, uh, like digest Twitter, it seems like you just have to be on there constantly because you know, like your feed has a new fucking thing every third. Yeah,
3: it's it's very easy to miss like the good stuff totally. and it's also a very easy platform. I mean, anything is an easy platform now for haters, but I feel like Twitter was the beginning of like the anonymous accounts that really just say nasty stuff to everybody. Totally. And I was I was looking at yesterday actually. I couldn't figure out like I I had never really focused on how many people i had blocked just for saying nasty stuff and i was looking the other day and i would guess it was maybe like 40 accounts that i've blocked over the years wow good for you one thing or another and i think at first i was kind of hesitant to do that because if they notice that you're blocked i mean it's kind of like well yeah like i got to him like he heard me like i i affected him but i think At the end of the day, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. I didn't want to have to deal with that. I didn't want to have that feeling of being like, well, maybe I'm going to get some hate today if I start to see something that's inappropriate or doesn't make me feel good, why have it in my life?
0: Right, right. Um, uh, Do you have haters? Are you the target of of, uh, irate Mets fans ever?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think think sports fans in general, it's not uh, oftentimes personal. But I think if if you tweet something out that's opinionated about the Mets, and maybe it's negative, maybe it's positive, uh, you're subjecting yourself to people disagreeing. And I think that there's a big difference between disagreement and hatred. Totally. I think the hatred is the 40 people that I've blocked. I mean, I've disagreed with a lot of people on Twitter, and I've had a lot of people disagree with me, but there's nothing wrong with that. And the thing is, too, that I love talking baseball and debating baseball so I don't really have a problem if somebody tweets me back and is like, I think what you just said is not smart. Here's why. Like that's not a problem for me, but I mean, but how often does that happen?
0: (laughs) Does that ever do people ever? It
3: happens when it happens when I feel very strongly about a topic and I tweet it out that's, that's baseball related and it doesn't happen as often as it probably should. Like I would guess the social media people at SNY and like anybody that, that was telling me to push my brand or whatever would say tweet more often, but it just, I, there's something about Twitter that, that to me, the negatives sometimes outweigh the positives, and then I'll go through a period where I'm like, no, this this isn't that bad. But at the end of the day, sometimes I, I usually end up going a few weeks without tweeting at a time.
0: I think that's good. I think that seems very healthy, and I think you're going to have a long and successful career for, for this reason. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you so much. You're welcome. I really do feel that way, because you look at, I don't know, like uh, some of those ESPN guys. uh who it seems like they are employed just to, to tweet things. Um, they're also constantly uh, putting their foot in their mouth or, you know, getting stories out yet that haven't been corroborated and then they have to take them back or like backpedal somehow. Uh, yeah. It, it it's doesn't a, seem like good comes f- from it very often.
3: <laughs> it's a thing. Like hot takes on Twitter are like a big thing now. And being first to the story is also a big thing. I just don't have any interest or I don't have enough sources to make that stuff happen. I'm not like a full blown, like journalist to be able to say, Oh, so-and-so is going to sign with the Mets because you need a lot of years in the business and you need to meet a lot of people to be able to have that. Sure.
0: So Doug, you, do you see yourself in 10 years? Are you, you want to go down the, let's say more like journalism route or are you thinking, uh, play by play, uh, hosting shows, that kind of thing.
3: You know, I don't know. It, it's it's a tough question. I mean, I love what I do at SNY for the most part, which is all studio hosting. Um, I really love doing that. I like good conversation. I like asking people questions on set and, and hopefully making other people look good and putting them in a position to make good points, like kind of being the traffic cop of a discussion. Yeah. I, that's what I love. But the thing is that in the business nowadays, the more versatile you are, the better. So sure. at some point, like I... I did some podcasting in my old job actually so you know I loved radios when my first internship in the business was at ESPN radio in New York and I I love the idea that you can have like a few hours on the air to talk about whatever interests you and you can get callers and opinions and stuff like that that's what I like about radio I think at some point I'd be interested in getting into that I do want to kind of diversify my skill set show people that I, I can do a little bit more because that's the key. You want to be able to fill a bunch of different roles. and uh, But 10 years, to answer your question, I don't think I'm going to get in the news. I, I, sports is just like what I love. It's so always been
0: your it, thing too. I mean, you've been a baseball right. fanatic your whole life.
3: Yeah, and it's just it requires – not that I'm like lazy, but it requires the least amount of work in my head because I <laughs> – I wake up every day and it's like, okay, I should know what happened in baseball yesterday, but catching up on that is not work. Yeah. It's exactly what I would want to be doing. I would be doing that on the side if I were doing some job that I hated. I'll totally.
0: And you'd be doing that job poorly because you were always looking at baseball stats. Exactly. Um uh oh man, what was that question? I just had this this f- f- awesome question. What a, hey, one thing about stats in baseball? Baseball forever has been uh, like the sport of stats, right? Numbers are so important. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that that is changing
3: now? I think its stats are becoming more important. You think they're becoming more Because
0: uh, here's – let me explain. I'll give you some context to my question. So I remember uh, like growing up when, when Sosa and Maguire were – Uh, that summer where they were both going for, what was it, 60? Yeah,
3: the 98, I think it was, that Um, was the year.
0: And everyone in America knew what the single-season home run record was. Everybody. And it just feels like now I don't even know who is close to any milestones. And maybe the reason is because nobody's very close to any milestones like that. Um,
3: Well, I think that stat in particular is because of the steroid era. So you don't – no one really remembers what – what number you're chasing because McGuire and bonds were so tainted by nature that you're thinking, all right, if you hit 60 home runs, are you technically like close to the record? Are you going to get the record? Are we awarding Barry bonds and Mark McGuire for these records? Are we, or are we not? What's the, I don't know. I mean, we, I feel like we still need more time because we are still very conflicted in terms of the hall of fame. The steroid guys are getting more percentage votes every year. The so they're not are changing their minds.
0: They are. They are. No. Eligible. Well,
3: McGuire's Maguire, out, but like Barry Bonds is still, still up there. So
0: interesting.
3: It's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. What? And but I mean the stats. And by the way, boy, I hope your your Montana listeners are baseball fans. Travis, are you a baseball fan?
1: Uh, I was a my my last uh, foray into being a baseball fan was Nolan Ryan. Oh, wow i know yeah. okay yeah. so it's been some time <laughs> it's, been, it's been a long time since i've since i've looked at the we back of a have, card.
0: there are some really diehard baseball fans uh in our life here dave uh, jones I greg reagan i don't think any of them listen to the podcast dave though.
1: jones greg reagan and mike john, love fleming. This john, john fleming john fleming is obsessive
0: this Tolan
3: harbor yeah
0: those guys don't know what podcasts are though <laughs> uh, so yeah
3: it's either you have huge podcast fans or huge baseball fans and if you're looking at like a venn diagram there's no overlap there's
0: no overlap no that's so true which is like why i find baseball fans so endearing i think actually um uh there's something uh antiquated about it i don't
1: know i really like it
0: um uh what do you think about the steroid thing though
3: I'm conflicted. I think it, I, it depends on the player more than people think. Like I, I think Barry Bonds definitely did steroids, but I also think he was an incredibly good player without steroids in his body. But then again, this is the, the issue that a lot of people get to it's, you're rewarding somebody who cheated when they were performing against people that didn't. So right. there are people out there that didn't cheat who were in baseball for like six months tried to play it fair and were bond because they had a six CRA and the guys who took steroids were launching 500 foot home runs off of them. Right. So technically it's unfair to that little guy to say, Barry Bonds, you deserve to be in. Uh, But what's sad is, I mean, that was my childhood in 98. I had a McGuire t-shirt. I remember it was like, it was so fun. It was so cool. And it turned out to be like the Clemens one really stung because that, When when he everything that happened in the Mitchell report and all that, it was those years were were really tough,
0: really tough. Why do you think it's amazing to me that Congress got involved in this? Oh, man. Holy shit.
3: Yeah. I mean, it was (laughs) for a while. Like that was the biggest problem. That we were dealing with for like a few months it was like steroids and baseball yeah. how will our country overcome that
2: right
0: man those were the <laughs> those were the golden years if so only great. we could go back <laughs> it's so crazy because i'm kind of i i with the steroids thing i feel like um why not i mean it is this is this it's entertainment right i mean that's at the end of the day people buying tickets and paying to ingest this stuff uh is the point so it's about entertainment uh, and right. uh, So a part of me is like, why not just let them take steroids or like pick the steroids they're allowed to take? You know, like HGH yeah, I think is cool.
3: A, a lot of people have that opinion. But here's the problem. I mean, people still get suspended every year now. Totally, It's probably less people are doing steroids now than uh, eight years ago. That's for sure. But the thing is that more home runs have been hit this year than for a lot of years back. Like, oh, really? Pe- yeah. Baseball is setting records this year. There's a lot of rumors that maybe they changed the baseball. Um, so home runs are being hit. That entertainment value is still there. So I think now would be the wrong time to say, not only are we hitting a record pace number of home runs, but let's also make HGH legal. And suddenly we've got these like six foot six, 300 pound guys rounding the bases and running like four, three 40 yard dashes. Yeah. This- <laughs> Just craziness, but think but about the spectacle;
0: it would be. Really, <laughs> I know it would be great glad to
3: watch. Years. They're just
1: gladiators. No, it would be great.
3: You, you know what? You should do, Jamie. You should create like the XFL version of the MLB, like the XMLB. Oh, all man, the washed washed up forty-two-year-old guys that you can just inject with steroids and just for the
1: entertainment. Jose
0: Canseco would be the commissioner oh, for sure. One hundred
1: percent. That's your that's comm- your commissioner for <laughs> sure jake the snake roberts will come back to baseball hell yeah he'll come back (laughs) we'll get all these uh all the uh
3: all the guys from travis's baseball
1: era oh yeah oh they'll all be back uh lance armstrong will play baseball it'll be an amazing thing (laughs) that's where that's where i do where i do find the stairway thing interesting because i'm i was a huge lance armstrong fan as I, i assume everyone was um and then now it's so disappointing like, that's that's the problem that I have is that the taint is so disappointing. Right. Like, like, thinking about, how like, having a poster on my wall that I kind of had to just take down and, like, roll up and put in the closet. That's where the taint is weird. Well, but the
0: thing yeah. with Lance also, though, is that he was – to me, it wasn't – like, because it seemed like in cycling in particular, the steroids was ubiquitous pretty much I mean like everyone
1: well you could tell
0: was juicing right
1: like in hindsight you can look at the results and be like, oh okay,
0: everyone who mattered in that sport at least right yeah. but right it was, it was... I th- go ahead Doug.
3: I think it was very, very widespread but the, the what really stinks is that you you can no longer be proud of loving that person. It's like you, you can't say I am a huge Lance Armstrong cycling fan because the first person you say that to will say, well, he like cheated. He's, everything about his record is tainted.
0: Right. It's
3: it's the, the and that's the the whole point of being a sports fan is is being proud of the people that you're a fan of. Like you're supposed to wear jerseys. You're supposed to like shout it out when you're at the stadiums or yeah. whatever it is. And to not be able to do that, to have that luxury taken away from you, is is like everything about being a sports fan is just blown up by that.
0: Yeah, and I think with Lance also in particular, the problem. Cause I, I don't know, I with like Mark McGuire, Cause I love Mark McGuire, Uh and I don't actually don't remember how he dealt with the Mitchell Report thing. Did he lie? Did he? Was he one of the perjury guys?
3: He, I, I would have to like look it up to see what he said, but I know that he sat at the stand, kind of like Rafael Palmero and yeah. he just basically said he had no idea what was happening. That's
0: right. And, um,
3: and never messed up to it. Certainly.
0: All right. Well, that totally. What I was about to say. That my point is. My point is crushed by that. But uh, Lance <laughs> dealt with his accusations so shittily. Well,
1: then we. Yeah, and we all found out that not only was he "quote unquote" cheating, but he was an asshole.
0: And he was like going after people yeah, who accused yeah, him of yeah.
1: it. It turned out that he wasn't a good person as well right. as being a cheater.
0: Yeah.
3: Man. Yeah. That's that's like <laughs> that's what I wrote my my college thesis on. It was basically that. We're all so close to athletes now because basically of the media. I mean, imagine if we had known as much about uh, Babe Ruth as we knew about Alex Rodriguez. So when A-Rod was like right. signing baseballs for girls in the stands or when he was going on dates with J-Lo or whatever, like Babe Ruth was hung over, like smoking cigarettes in the dugout. He was doing all these crazy things that nowadays our culture just wouldn't accept. But the thing is that we had no idea. We didn't have the access. And now athletes who are these people that we push to be kind of uneducated in nature, we're like, go to the pros, man. You can make millions. Go, go, go. So once they get there, then we're like, you got to be a model citizen too. Not only do you have to be great, not only do you have to perform on the field, but you should be a super nice guy. You should talk to reporters and handle yourself like a totally, completely mature adult after a terrible performance. Yeah. We have these crazy expectations for these people that are kind of crisscrossing in a lot of different ways.
0: Well, especially with like, what's what's uh, Doug's, what's Puig's first name? Yasiel. Yasiel Puig. You I mean he came from Cuba, right? And then, yeah. like, one year he's in Cuba. And the next year he has however many millions of dollars and reporters watching every fucking thing he does. I cannot imagine what that adjustment is like. And it's not like a transition period. It's like you're this guy this day and this day that you're this guy.
3: No, yeah, you es- you escape from Cuba. Then you come to Major League Baseball. You're talented enough clearly to play. And suddenly, though, the expectation is to behave like the rest of Major League Baseball behaves, when in reality you haven't had that behavior ingrained in your brain. No. You've been in Cuba playing with only people from your country. So it's really – it's almost an impossible set of expectations we put up for these athletes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, you've been around baseball. You've, I assume you've been around like the clubhouse. Is that correct? Yes. Is that cool?
3: Yeah, I mean the thing is it's it's – it's an interesting life. I, I filled in a little bit as the sideline guy uh, for SNY, the Mets sideline reporter, over the last few years. And I was in spring training. I was in the clubhouse uh, in Florida earlier in March. It's an interesting life. You, you, you just kind of stand around. You want to tell a story about a certain player maybe later that day. So you wait for that player to get in the locker room. You approach him and you talk to him. And it's kind of a it's a test of your ability to not be socially awkward. Yeah. You just, you want to approach these guys like human beings and, but you also don't want to annoy them. You want to make sure that the next time you need them, they appreciate what you bring. They are anticipating your arrival to their locker. And when you have to be negative, that's when I respect beat writers more than anything. When they write these scathing columns about players and, but they – what every writer will tell you, it's not personal. Totally. It's, it, it's what I have to do. It's the job that I have to do. And it's the players that read the article, know how tough you've been, and move on and, and still talk to you, still do their, their duty. Uh, those are the good guys. So it's a fascinating dynamic. I, the first time I went to the Yankees locker room when I worked for Yes, I was straight out of college. That was a, a crazy thing, you know, walking on the field, going through the clubhouse, that was when Jeter was still there,
0: and you were a Yankees fan when we were growing up. Is that correct, or are you? Yeah, I, yeah,
3: I grew up a uh, grew up a Yankee fan, so that was pretty wild. And um, yeah, it's it's been a, a really cool thing.
0: That's very cool. So, okay, so on the roster, including bullpen catchers, relief pitchers, anybody that puts on a uniform, what is the best gig?
3: That is and, such a good. And question. I'm talking. I'm <laughs> talking.
0: I'm not talking like, oh well, pitchers make the most money. I'm talking. Total, full circle, quality of life. Uh, you're not stressed out, or you're stressed out the least. Uh, in
3: in my opinion, I would most prefer to be a starting pitcher. And really? I know. Wow. Yeah. But that's also because I was a pitcher when I was younger. And you're a go getter. And, and, well, no, I mean, <laughs> here, imagine, let me describe this job to you guys without telling you what it is. I mean, you know what it is because I just said it, but. Here's how I would describe it to you. Okay, so this is what we want you to do. You're going to work every fifth day. And um, other than that, you're just going to kind of practice your work, uh, not during a game, but you're going to kind of do some things on the side. You'll exercise, you'll work out, you'll stretch out, you'll throw some bullpen sessions, but – the most part you're working once every five days and
0: when you're practicing working not too hard right they don't you don't want to practice too hard
3: (laughs) no you don't want to practice too hard because this is tough on your body so generally take it easy except for that once every fifth day now if you're really if you're really good at it we'll pay you 250 million dollars over about 10 years (laughs) oh so so every time you pitch you you're making like A million dollars every outing whether you're good or bad once you're locked into that contract you're you're making that money so uh, yeah you can you can live in any beautiful home you can uh, pretty much chill out in the dugout and spit sunflower seeds four out of five days root on your teammates but when it's your day uh, you don't have to do a ton of physical activity you just basically throw a baseball on a mound so uh, that's the gig
0: that's awesome. That does now, sound pretty freaking good. That makes good. sense. Yeah,
3: that um, makes sense. Uh, now you could, if this were a debate, the other person would say, well, you get more media scrutiny than anybody else. It's an incredibly hard job. You're subjecting yourself to Tommy John surgery and a, a, a huge amount of other injuries that are possible. So, I mean, it's no easy job. That's not what I'm meaning to say. It's just, if you do it well, I mean, I always argue, I think Clayton Kershaw has the best life in sports. Yeah. He, so, he has a contract near $300 million. He lives in Los Angeles. He's the best pitcher in baseball. Um, what else could you possibly want?
0: Yeah. And, you know, I feel like, and certainly I know that it is a hard job and it requires practice, but it seems like a starting pitcher more than other positions uh, in baseball and, and definitely in other sports is something you're kind of born with. Like, yeah. you know, it's those kids in high school who could throw 94 miles an hour like that it wasn't because they had the best coach ever they just had the body that allowed them to do that.
3: Uh, right and I mean I know you knew kids growing up that were like this Jamie but it's it's a fascinating exercise because when those kids are 16 years old and throwing 95 miles an hour then suddenly there's all of these people basically trying to be their parents in their oh lives boy. coaches and there's people trying to talk to them and they're getting recruited they end up it's hard to stay normal. It's like when you know, it's like when you're watching those Olymp- the Olympics and there's, like, a 14-year-old gymnast who has those helicopter parents who, like, you can just tell that they were kind of made to be an Olympic athlete. That yeah. was what their parents wanted them to do. It's difficult for, like, a Bryce Harper to know he was going to be a pro athlete from the time he was 14, so... I don't know. I, I'm fascinated by sports, which, by the way, is why I, I talk about it for a little.
1: Yeah. What's which, the What is the opposite end of that spectrum, though? On uh, as far as the team goes, what's the what's, the worst job? Yeah. What's, what is the worst job on the field? Oh. Uh,
3: in baseball, I, I don't understand how how catchers do the job. I it's, mean, yeah. I res- <laughs> I respect being a catcher. Jamie, weren't you a catcher? I was a
0: catcher. Yeah. But I I'll tell you. you I want res- me to tell you about it. So here's the thing, Doug. (laughs) Some things in life just take grit, you know? And you're not the most talented guy. You're not the most good-looking guy. But goddamn, man, you don't quit.
1: You show up every day. You
0: show up every goddamn day. You show up every
1: day. Smile on your face. Unless it's,
0: like, raining or, like, maybe you got drunk the night before.
3: Yeah, unless you just don't want to be there. You're there. Yeah,
0: but you're there on most days. (laughs) No, you think catcher? Just because it's terrifying?
3: I just – I respect catchers so much. Yeah. I just don't understand how they – Let's let's put it simply. I don't understand how they're in the catching position like two hundred times in a day. Oh,
0: yeah, shit. yeah. I, mean, I you know, he, from from what limited experience I had, the thing. And granted, my knees were fourteen year old knees, which is no problem. Uh, those are the best knees. Those are the best those knees. Are the, <laughs> those are the best, <laughs> best knees to have. But I, the thing that really is amazing is training yourself to uh, when a, a ninety five mile per pitch goes in the dirt. Training yourself to just take it in the chest
3: yes that's what you're you're supposed to let your hands sit by your sides and use your chest to just to block a 95 mile an hour baseball yeah
0: that sucks that's that is a hard (laughs) thing i get that go ahead
3: i it just doesn't make any sense to me and the thing is that we were talking about when I said this part of being a starting pitcher is those side sessions where you're not working too hard. So if you look, you pan the camera over to the other side of the field. There's the three catchers in spring training, just a coach throwing the ball into the dirt. Right. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, man. that's that's practice. <laughs> oh, What'd you do today? Oh, I just had someone throw an object at me.
0: I got five new bruises. It's good. <sighs> Get my calluses.
3: I feel. By the way, I feel bad that we're talking so much baseball. We really we don't have to do that. We I,
0: talk I, about whatever I want to talk about on this. Exactly, show. Jamie. You
3: can if you want to go. You can go into any topic you want to. I I'll, just want you to know that.
0: Well, I want to talk about baseball, obviously. Yeah, then.
3: yeah, we're we're fine with baseball. Right. What
0: do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk
2: about?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i i came on here just thinking you know whatever if they want to bring me into montana life i'm game for that if well, they want to talk baseball i'm also game for that i would so. like for
0: you to come visit us first of all yes i think that's long overdue
3: it sounds like allison and i need to make a, a coordinated trip out
0: there you really should it would be so fun to have you and my mom would like just crap herself she'd be so happy. i want to
3: hang out with your sheep
0: we have sheep man and they <laughs> i don't are... want to get
3: like i but I don't want to get too close to one because then I'll be like, "Jamie, where's, where's Todd?"
0: <laughs> uh, we have, so you know, so on this Sunday, uh, we're also getting goats, so we're gonna have goats wow. when you come
3: and visit. Yeah, I love the I love the goat YouTube videos of them screaming like humans. Have you I heard know. those?
0: Yes, it's pretty. That's what the new actually.
1: podcast is going to be is us just waiting for, <laughs> we're just going to sit there and wait for the goats to make weird noises.
0: Man, these goats don't make weird noises. No, these Bummer. this sucks. Oh,
1: you know what sucks thing. about you know what sucks about our culture
3: today is that a podcast called Goats Making Weird Noises would probably be more positive or more popular than a podcast of like meaningful conversation. Oh, that's
0: so true. I mean it, it is like the fact that our podcast has any sort of listenership is a bad sign good on uh, you guys for what'd you say
3: <laughs> i said good on you guys
0: yeah thanks man we're taking advantage of that shit
1: yeah. Yeah, we're just goat no, noises
0: no doubt goat noises I can't
3: wait. but jamie i'm jamie i'm fascinated by how how similar our lives were when we were young and how different they are now
0: i know well i mean but we kind of went in we because most of the people where doug and i are from are now working in the money industry in some way or another wouldn't you say doug
3: Yes, in in the financial world, in doing things that I don't really understand. I call it
0: honest. the money industry, uh, and it doesn't seem like any of them can describe what they do to me. Um,
3: they it's like they don't they quit halfway through. They look at my face and they're like, "He is not getting this." Yeah. Uh,
0: and also, and it, I don't care to get it. I'm going to be totally honest.
3: I don't. Yeah, care. I, I I barely know like how when it comes down to it, I barely know how a credit card works. So I I if that's your base i'm i'm not sure i'm going to understand how you're selling equities or whatever. Totally. I, I
0: well and, and then they say and then they say uh oh yeah and it's all about the bonuses. Like they their job is their salary is their bonus. Uh it seems right. like a lot of the time which also just doesn't make any sense to me.
3: Yeah, that's another thing that that i don't get. But now i'm living in new york like most like i would say I don't work in the finance world, but the the arc of most people who grew up where we grew up is college, semi around here, if not somewhere like where I went, North Carolina, or you know, a high school that's a boarding school like you went to, Mm -hmm. or New Canaan High, uh, and then you move to New York City for the most part. I think that's that's what very safe a lot of people do,
0: no doubt. Um, Well, you know, I, uh, I, I, Doug, I. I, how do I say this? <laughs> I this is gonna get intense. I am so grateful for the upbringing I had and for my parents and for some of, for some of my parents' friends, namely you guys. Uh, but other than that, I've got to say, I really fucking hate New Canaan, Connecticut. Um, and, no, I know you do, and that's nothing. Yeah, it's not. It's not a secret.
3: <laughs> no wow. fucking secret. A, that's not some huge reveal. No,
0: it's not a big reveal, and it sucks because there are people there that I care about very much, and uh, and I wish that I felt uh, excited to go visit them there. But when I'm in New Canaan, it's like my chest like tightens up. It's it's like
3: very intense for me.
0: It's an intense place. It's an intense place. No,
3: it is. It is an intense place. And I, I, I think it's interesting to go back. I don't go back too often because, uh, I spent a lot of my time in New York and then during the summertime we go out to the Jersey shore and that's kind of been a post high school thing for our family.
2: Right.
3: When going through high school, New Canaan was really the only life we had. And we've kind of diversified since then. Um, no, it's it's a, a fascinating place. I I I just think your decision to kind of live a different life is very cool.
0: It is, and you know, but it's like it's also, and, and I'll say this: it is that decision is a privileged decision. Like it was, like I I growing up where we grew up allowed me to basically make any decision I wanted to make, within reason, right? You know, um. So when I say I hate New Canaan, I'm not being, uh. I'm acknowledging that, you know? Um, and I totally get that. Uh, but like, you know, like remember Dave Ingram?
1: Oh, we're getting personal. Not
3: well enough. Not well enough. Dave Ingram took
0: your sister to prom. Wow. I don't know if you remember this. You were just a a small boy. Uh, yeah. I I
3: I was not worried about prom.
0: Uh, but, uh, but like, you know, it's really weird for me. Like Dave is my best friend in the world. Love him to death. Uh, But he just bought a house in New Canaan with his wife and it's, it's like, it's such a different, it's impossible for me to fathom why you would want to do that. Um, but because you, you you
3: respect and know so much about him personally that would, that would, you think his values would be similar to yours in that specific dimension. And
0: and obviously values is the wrong word because that's really shitty to say that, that, you know, your values are somehow less than because you decide to live in this beautiful town with a wonderful public school system uh, and blah, 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 blah. Um, but, you know, there you go. I can't help it when I'm there. It's just it's I feel I feel like my face is melting off and uh, and I have shards of glass under my fingernails.
2: Uh, how many how many
3: how many people how many strangers would you guys say you see on a daily basis?
1: Strangers not enough yeah people you've never seen before oh uh, oh well, I live next to a bus stop, so there's a whole bunch of people no, but I think I know <laughs>
0: when you, when you walk down the street, travis, especially you you can't go anywhere without seeing people you know uh,
1: it's' a, it's, a, it's a small it's a small pond that I am a, a oh but you're talking about from.
0: New canaan aren't you doug
1: no no
3: i'm actually i'm talking about here in the city it's just i think that that's one of the most unique things about living here is i I, I always complain that I see people I know, but I'm talk that happens once every few weeks. But because of how big this city is, that's like a big deal. It is a big and deal. And I walk to work every day and I walk past probably a thousand people, if not more that I've never seen before and probably will never see again.
0: Here is a story I have that is related to that. <laughs> Cause New York, you're right. New York is really weird in that way where, I mean, you're surrounded, uh, by like anonymity, anonymity basically, right? Which is a yeah. really nice thing to be able to, you know, if if I went to the bar to have a beer in Missoula, and my friends came in, and they would be like, "Oh man, you're here just having a beer by yourself," huh? Yeah. But in New York, yeah. it just feels like you're free to just do that, and it's not. Oh a- yeah, I
3: could I could go to a bar in the Upper East Side and call myself like Todd and say that I'm an investment banker, and no one would ever find out.
0: Totally. Yes,
3: exactly. Like, that's the kind of crazy, like Don Draper life. That if you want to be a weirdo here, you could do it without anyone knowing.
0: You just actually, I just get kind of excited by the prospect. I know that, that sounds, sounds fun. That sounds great. <laughs> sounds pretty fun. So here's my anecdote about that. So maybe I don't know. Five years ago, I was in Manhattan and uh, saw this dude I hadn't seen since high school. And we were. I was out with other friends drinking, and I ended up hanging out with this guy. And we hadn't seen each other. We just like caught up and got caught up in the moment. And We had like a ton of fun, and got separated from my other friends. And we went back to his place. And he said, "And by the way, he was, as he said, an iBanker, banker, which is oh boy, the worst yeah. thing." And wow,
3: he's, what is, I wonder what he's. I wonder what he's doing with all the time he's saving by not saying investment.
0: Oh my, god, I know, right? Well, I'll tell you what he's doing. I'm about to tell you what he's doing. He, we, we, <laughs> we're on the way back to his apartment. And can I
3: guess that cocaine's about to come
0: into this uh, story? Cocaine, cocaine uh, was a part of the story already, but I left it out, Doug. Thanks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but uh, he goes, I can call this girl. I'm going to call this girl. And I was like, why? He's like, she'll come over. And I was like, no. Why? No. What are you oh. talking about? Oh. And sure enough, buzzer. Let's this girl in and she comes over and starts like taking her clothes off.
3: Oh my goodness.
0: And I I went to bed in the bathroom. I slept in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but here's where the crazy Why didn't
3: you Why didn't you go somewhere else? Because
0: I was I was staying with my sister in Brooklyn and we were on 80 we were in the 80s on the west side. So I was just I, I was just couldn't I didn't know, I was stuck. I felt stuck. And it was like 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, yeah. And,
3: and I, the bathtub started screaming your name. I got,
0: no, it wasn't, it didn't feel like that. It felt like, get me the fuck out of this living room. Uh, and, okay, so this horrible thing, right? Next morning, or like, you know, two hours later, uh, I slink away. I walked all the way down to Union Square just to, like, deal with my guilt uh, and, to, like, sweat it out. Um, and also thinking, like, God damn it, I never want to see that guy again. Holy shit. Okay, next day, next day, my sister has a dentist appointment in Midtown. Uh, I'm with her. I'm like, I'm going to go check out the Macy's store just to see the what a shit show it is. Spectacle. It's, it's kind of fun to see, actually. Yeah. Uh, fucking run into him. I saw him again. I saw oh. the same dude the next fucking day. Can you imagine that? How many people live in New York? 15 million people?
1: What did you guys do that night? After you ran into him again, I can't. we not hang out again. Was it cool? <laughs> oh, it was awful.
0: Oh, it was so awful. But yeah, that's the weird thing about New York. It's like it's like there's this sea of people, and the one person you don't want to see, you're
3: probably oh yeah, you're, you're
0: always probably going to see, gonna see them. It's incredible. You're always going to see them. It's almost a rule.
3: Yeah, I I one of the interesting things about my job and kind of my life is I'm 26. You know. Grew up in New Canaan, w- went to Elon. I, I have a good job. I live here now. I live in the West Village. And I think a lot of like the social scene of someone with that description is different than the one that I lead because and I think it's partially just because of who I am. But also because you're not a
0: scumbag of my
3: well, yeah, I'm not a scumbag, but it's also just the the nature of my job. You know, it's, oh, yeah, I don't I can't be seen doing Things like that, I would never want to do them anyway. But it's just like
0: you mean mean doing cocaine with prostitutes. Is that what you're (laughs) yeah? Not uh, (laughs) that's
3: not really my my (laughs) cup of tea. But um, so I, I just. I think that that's been an interesting thing. Is I, I do live like a probably a thirty-one, thirty-two-year-old life for a twenty-six-year-old in New York.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. That seems very, very reasonable and level-headed of you. Do you
1: yeah, I like it. As a, as a sports guy, do you get the uh, does do people yell at you from the uh, occasionally yell at you like a. Like Joe Buck probably gets on a minute-to-minute basis. Oh, I want to talk about People Joe Buck. People yelling from the yelling from a cab while you're walking down the street. I sidewalk.
3: I know, but I get really excited when someone does recognize me because I'm not cool or famous enough to mm. have like that happen to me a lot. So I actually this this spring in Florida, a little kid came up to me like remo- basically was me when I was ten or however old this kid was. And he was like, "Can I have your autograph?" And my first instinct. And this is gonna sound really mean and rude, but I promise you it wasn't. I just said, You don't want my autograph <laughs>
2: <laughs> he goes, uh, Do you actually he goes, know goes, who I am? No, he
3: goes, <laughs> I bless his heart. He goes he goes, No, no, I'm serious. Like I watch your shows all the time. And oh. I, I could have started I could have started crying right then and there. And then he would it not was, have
0: wanted your autograph. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it was it was one of the saddest things I think <laughs> oh, I've ever experienced. Best. Oh,
1: that's pretty good. That's no, the no, best. No,
3: no, no, no. Uh but I was and then I was like, Of course, thank you so much for watching. I hope you keep watching. And the other day like occasionally I'll get recognized but as the wrong person, and I put that in the win column too. Because that means they knew I was someone. So you, better than nothing.
0: Okay, here's 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 the something I really wanted to ask you about. Uh you you are on track. What do you think of Joe
2: Buck?
3: So I used to when I was a really big like fan. I think that that changes not just when you get older, but I think just being in the business has made it a little bit more work, less fandom, and we can talk about that for an hour. But generally, I'm less, you know, pom pom waving than I used to be. So right. when I was a really big fan, I used to have that thing a lot of people have with Joe Buck, where I and he'll be the first to tell you about it, where people think that he hates their teams, right? And, it does, it, there's no fact based on it. Like no. he, he basically is as high profile a play by play guys. We've had for the last 25, 30 years, he's been doing it for a long time, like a sneaky long time. And lately I think I, I've been meaning to read his book. I hear it's really good and it kind of gets into, I is think that, it's called lucky, lucky bastard. bastard. Yeah. Yeah. Because of, and I should read it. I mean, because of the personal connection, you know, he basically talks about how his dad's position in the business gave him a, a leg up. I don't think he necessarily hides behind that fact. And um, it's certainly something that I can relate to. Not that my dad's in the same business, but I, I think a lot of people assume that I've had some help along the way. And But I think that Joe Buck does a really good job. And what I tell people a lot about him is... He is at the top of the business, top of his craft. He's doing NFL play-by-play on Thanksgiving. He's doing the most important games. He's doing the Super Bowl. Yeah. And when people say, when I'm working on a Saturday night, people say, well, like, you know, is this going to get any better? Are, you, are, you, are your hours going to improve? I'm like, well, the guy who's basically number one in this business is working holidays and weekends for most of the year. <laughs> yeah. That's just the way it works. Totally. So, no, I think – I've I've learned to like him a lot more over the years. I've never met him, but I'd be I'd be interested to.
0: I I okay, so I think it, I I forget that it's a popular opinion to not like Joe Buck if in the sports world, which I've never understood because I think there's no one I would rather listen to call any kind of game uh than him. He is so fucking good. And I can't I am cuz I imagine that when you particularly baseball and football which are just go on forever. I mean, it's like... Four hours, you are right. To have to sit yeah. There. You're
3: you're with that guy for a long time,
0: and you have to just fill up space. I mean, football, especially. Everyone says baseball's so slow, but I think the NFL is unwatchable. It is so freaking slow because we just every time something happens, we have to consult the 900 page rule book, and the refs don't even know what the fucking rules are. And we all just sit yeah. around and talk about what the rules are and watch replays. And I no, think, there's
3: like a there's 12 minutes of action or whatever it is in every NFL game. Other than that, it's all commercials. It's so boring. And play clock. And all yeah.
0: the NFL. And you know, all the big football fans. Baseball, man, it's just so boring. I can't. I just don't get that. But, uh, but then for the play-by-play guy, it's like you have to fill up that space with just yeah. words. Uh, yep. And I think no one is better at it than him. Even to the point where he knows when to shut up and just let like yeah. ambient noise come in.
3: Uh, no, that's that's key.
0: It's so awesome. He's. I think he's so amazing. And there's no one I'd rather watch call a game. Uh, but what I was gonna say is your voice. Douglas mm. is sounding Joe Buckian to me. Really? Yeah, it really. And even that, even that, that incredulity right there was uh, <laughs> was a little Joe Buckian because it's very endearing when when Joe Buck is like that. Uh,
3: well, I I think. Thank you. You're welcome. I think. Um, no, he. What you hear? what I just he, said. Of course, thank you. <laughs> well, but here's the thing, Jamie. Jamie, the one reason that I say I think thank you is that he has a different I, I have never done play by play. Oh, but I don't I'm, know if I think you I should. don't know if it's something that I, I will eventually do.
0: Why do you not think I think that it's pretty clear that's where you're headed?
3: I it's so hard. I, I having not done it, I guess I can't really speak to it, but I'm just guessing it's not easier than it's I think it's impossible. But it um, doesn't
0: seem as hard as hockey
3: play but stay away from hockey. No, hockey play by play. I yeah, I Doc Emmerich, I don't know how that no man operates way. and how he he does what he does, Impossible. but, um, does the idea of play-by-play and baseball eventually interest me? Does, does the idea of wondering whether I can do it interest me? Yeah. But I guess what, what doesn't interest me about it is it not necessarily being a platform all the time for in-depth discussion. Sure. I think you get in, you get into good discussions every once in a while when you're doing play-by-play, but those are few and far between. A lot of times you're just, you're, you're, speaking over ads you're doing the actual play-by-play of the game you're kind of constricted to what you're watching totally whereas i i think a more in-depth discussion talking about the game after the game that's that's more of what interests me what happened why is it important why was it interesting
0: but do you ever feel like with the with that stuff and i i listen to a lot of espn radio um and i gotta say and i'm you can no comment this uh but I got to say, ESPN Radio has gotten so, like, vapid to me. Um, they don't talk about anything, it seems like. I mean, Mike Golick's hot take that, like, you know, in order to win a football game, you got to score more touchdowns than the other team. That's just the bottom line. It's like, how many years are you going to say that kind of shit? Um Uh, so I guess what I'm trying to say is often it seems like the analysis is sort of a red herring where, where people are saying things and I'm like, yeah, I know, I get it. This is not very interesting. Do you ever feel like, uh, you are at when you're doing analysis that you are trying to create something out of nothing or, uh, maybe in, since you're more baseball specific, uh, you don't feel that way and you actually can get into real sort of nuts and bolts stuff, uh, like kind of digging in a little bit more.
3: No, I, I totally understand what you're saying. I don't listen to as much radio as I used to cuz I don't drive. Right, um, sure. I know I know that there's ways for me to do it on my phone, but I, I don't. I uh, only
0: drive. That's why. <laughs> I right. So, listen to it, so.
3: So, but I one of the worst parts of our business is that I know what it's like to be to go to work and have a producer doing their job say, "Here's what we're going to talk about. These are the big stories." And have that sinking feeling where you're like, I don't care about that topic. Okay. Now, we have to talk about it, but I don't care about it. The the problem is that when you're watching these debate shows, and that's where this business is moving, everybody's just yelling at each other, there are topics that people don't care about. And there are also topics that in the production meetings, people can see their opinion and be like, oh, I'll take the other side of that. And... I try and avoid, if I can, talking about things that don't interest me. But when I do, I just try and make sure I stick to the important, the really important nuts and bolts of the story and, and kind of drive the discussion. My I will say my role isn't based in opinion. So for the most part, I'm I'm the host. I'm the traffic cop. I'm setting up other people's opinions. Right. So I don't host a radio show. I can't really speak to what that job is like in terms of getting there and knowing that you got to give a, an opinion on this and that. But yeah. yeah, I think the hot take industry is really becoming the sports media industry. It's a bummer. Um, but that's kind of where we're headed.
0: Yeah, it is a bummer. And it's like, it's, and it's just, it mirrors the political stuff too, where it's, you can't, you can't just disagree. You have to like flip out each other.
2: Yes.
1: Cause that's what gets shared. That's what makes headlines.
0: It's really, yeah. Oh,
2: hmm.
1: Okay. So what everybody wants to know,
0: Oh, is oh, when... oh, this is Travis Doug.
1: Oh hi, hi. hey Travis. <laughs> hi. Um, what everybody wants to know is when are you going to make the the big switch as honor talent to NASCAR? Oh, whoa! <laughs> you don't even
0: know that his dad is. Yes, yes, oh, I do you know, did that. know that. Yeah.
3: Wow, that is that research? Is that yeah, did, how did you know
1: that? <laughs> well, that's that, of of three things I know about the Williams family. Uh, Get out was really good. Brian Williams likes NASCAR. He has a son named Doug. Perfect hair.
3: By the way, my mother, Jane, is phenomenal. She is the best.
0: She's actually the best of the bunch, which not many people know.
3: Oh, by far. She's like the most level-headed, grounded, best decision maker and also the nicest. Oh, she's great. But anyway, um, (laughs) NASCAR... What's weird – what's interesting is sometimes I think about that. I wonder if there's any market for like a 160-pound guy from Connecticut. <laughs> who,
1: <laughs> who just loves who, who like
3: oh, just, Who man. for some reason
1: oh likes
3: NASCAR. God. But the, the thing is that people are shocked. Like I, occasionally I'll tweet something about like Dale Jr. And people will text me on the side and be like, Dude, what what's what's going on? Are Dude, you okay? Like, what's going on? What was did someone hack your Twitter? Like what <laughs> what happened? Awesome. And honestly, I, I it's one of the moments where I love my dad the most because he like it wasn't something that all of my friends cared about when I was in fifth grade, but all of your rocked. friends? None. 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 We'll put it that way. <laughs> and he he brought me to a, a few races and i became so hooked and it's kind of like a cool thing now i know a lot about this sport that not a lot of people in my area of the world know about
0: it yeah. is amazing it's amazing how regional that is i mean i literally yeah. know not zero things about nascar yeah.
3: Yeah. I've, but I've been to races in your state, and I happen to, well, not a NASCAR race, but like a dirt track race. And You've been I to know Montana, that...
0: and you didn't call us? <laughs> you didn't
1: stop
0: by.
3: Jamie, you know that we went to Elkhorn Ranch for like the first 15 years of our lives. Yeah, our and I remember
0: lunch. I remember uh, that I wasn't invited. Aww. Oh. no. And I, definitely... I opened my mouth. I didn't have anything to say. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> not, I didn't, that was <laughs> Uh <laughs> Um, Doug we're running out of time what else do you want to add anything do you want to compliment us or anything like that
3: <laughs> <laughs> well here's what I Jamie I told you this when we caught up last week or the week few weeks ago or whatever it was I think it's super cool what you guys are doing because I have podcasted before and the mistake that I made and uh, many I made many of them was that I talked about like topical stuff and talked about sports and what was interesting that day and I, looking back, I I love the people I hosted it with and the people who produced it with me, but I just I don't know why anyone would have listened to it because podcasts are meant to be interesting, three weeks after and just as interesting three weeks after as they are today. And I think it's cool that you guys are coming up with something interesting and unique. And there's a lot of people in that interesting area of the world that you live in that are into it. And, um, I, (laughs) I I feel like I, I just wonder what it's going to be like going forward. Me walking down the streets of Manhattan, having been on a a guest, you know, there's going to be the, it's going to the pre podcast and the post podcast. life. you're going
0: to need to get a taser. (laughs) <laughs> or some mace A couple maybe, bodyguards For sure A couple
1: big dudes with muscles For
0: sure Something like that
1: Yeah um, need- um,
0: <laughs> Doug would you Would you uh, Because I am so impressed With your voice And your Oh boy I am Would you If we asked you to to Read some copy For some ads in the future Would you do that well, You could say Hi You this actually is, want Yeah then I don't need to I'm asking you It would be
3: weird If I said my name Because that Well you want, like when
0: you, We want you to get something out of it you know, good for your brand <laughs>
3: oh that's why that's why you're pitching it well you know i just
0: don't want you to think i'm gonna pay you but if you want to say your name to like you know people be like oh yeah doug and then
3: and then what i'm not sure i don't know i will do it i will do it but i i won't say my name not because i'm not proud to be associated with your podcast i just don't think it'll it won't be the same you just want you want a spokesperson you want like a the guy who says like uh, ESPN, you want that,
0: right? Yeah. yeah, that's sort of true.
3: Yeah, there he is. Okay. Would
0: so would you be that guy?
3: Sure. I don't know how how we do it digitally, but um, yeah, you're probably guess... going
0: to need to buy some equipment. Yeah,
3: you're gonna, you're gonna have
0: to <laughs> get some studio time. This has become
3: yeah. like a thousand dollar venture.
0: Yeah, right. it has been only like not more than a thousand dollars. Yeah, right in there. It's right in there. We'll
1: have we'll have a uh, uh, Brian Eno. Produce the spots for you Oh it'd
0: be so great It'd be so great (laughs) Is this episode 40
1: Travis? Uh, This might be 39 or 40 I hope it's 40 That's pretty cool That's good That would be big That's a big one That is a big one That's a big one We didn't think we'd make it past 10 No we did it though It still feels touching Oh we did it High five Good job
0: Um, Doug maybe uh, during the World Series We can do another one of these Oh
3: that'd be great (laughs) <laughs> Travis saying That'd be great I, I won't know What the
2: difference no, that, is but, well, then, uh, then
0: I will know What the difference is Everyone watches The World Series Did Oh you don't yeah, Travis? I, I don't watch World Series Last, last no. year's World Series Was the greatest Sporting event I've ever witnessed It
3: was It was fantastic I But think... yeah Happy to do it Happy to do it Anytime Okay we would love anytime. It so
0: much man Doug thank you so much For coming on the podcast We really appreciate it
3: Of course guys It
0: was awesome. great Thanks, talking Doug. to you Thanks Doug Alright bye We'll talk to you soon Okay bye Jamie
3: and
0: Travis Jamie and Travis Present. Do I have cupcake all over my face? You do have cupcake. Uh,
1: literally. Is it? Like, in the way of, like, it's almost like you're wearing cupcake makeup. That's what it feels like. You're I can feel it, like, kind of congealing. You're going as a cupcake for Halloween. I'm not regretting it, though. No, you should not regret, because...
0: It was a poppy cupcake.
1: Ugh. Uh, It
0: actually was a Filbert cupcake from Poppy Bakery, not the Poppy cupcake from Poppy Bakery. No. Which is also a delicious thing.
1: I just had one. Uh,
0: So good. And you enjoyed it.
1: (laughs) I I don't like cupcakes, but I actually will eat two of these now. You know Um, what I don't like? I'll keep eating these.
0: You know what I don't like? What don't you like? Baking. Oh. I do not like to bake, but you know what I like doing?
1: Buying baked goods.
0: Oh, I like eating them more than I like buying I would prefer to get them for free, but that doesn't end up <laughs> happening that much. Um, uh, but, thank goodness, uh, our friend Jenny Lynn has started uh, the Poppy Bakery in town, which uh, by this point, if you're listening to Jamie and Travis present, you surely have heard of the Poppy Bakery, but guess what? What was a wonderful idea is now a wonderful reality. Oh. Saturday yeah. mornings, the Clark Fork Market... Uh, the, stand, the That sort of uh, boulevard closest to the river between Ninja Mike's and Kombucha Guy. Uh, you can find the Poppy Bakery. Jenny is there selling her goods, um, but she's selling out very quickly. Get there early. You have to get there VV early. Uh, you know what I had one time? What did you have? You? I had a veggie tart.
1: Oh, God, those are good. It was freaking good. It was really, so really, 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 really good. 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 So good.
0: It was, I wish that it was bigger. Mm-hmm. like there's more well but that's also like i get a large burrito from taco and so i wish it was bigger that
1: thing is like two pounds i
0: know okay do you ever hold it up and say this is gonna go in my stomach yeah
1: yeah I measure it out to the size of your own body
0: um <laughs> but yeah jenny's veggie tarts are just so freaking killer apparently apparently somewhere in the world she makes the whole veggie tart and i bet if you <gasps> requested one uh, you might be able to just buy like the whole pie
1: that's what i want for my birthday
0: Oh. I don't want a
1: birthday cake. I want a giant veggie tart. Right? I would
0: always oh. rather have more dinner. Actually, unless there are these filbert cupcakes, because they're insane. Oh, um, put candles in it? Uh, oh. If you get to the Clark Fork Market late, which you probably will, because I think late in this context is probably like 10 o'clock. Um, she's sold out. Uh, you should go to poppybakery.com where you can see menus and pricing, and uh, decide what you'd like to special order. And we're talking stuff for birthdays, weddings, bridal showers, baby showers, art openings, first Friday events, cocktail parties, bachelorette parties. Bachelorette parties. Maybe even a bachelor party. Um, (laughs) Jenny is a fun, creative, uh, hardworking person, and she's going to make it rock. No doubt. Uh, You can get a hold of her at thepoppybakery at gmail.com. Again, thepoppybakery.com is where you can see menus and pricing. And then get a hold of her at thepoppybakery at gmail.com. You will regret it if you go to the grocery store and get that stupid plate of assorted cookies one more time. I promise. Thepoppybakery at gmail.com. Thepoppybakery.com. Look it up. Poppy Bakery. Dot com.
1: Poppy Bakery. The Poppy Bakery. The Poppy Bakery. The Poppy Bakery. Poppy Bakery.